Welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll hear from a Kansas City entrepreneur about her experience building a home healthcare business and launching a new app. And we'll take a look at how some small businesses are feeling heading into the holiday season. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Teddy Mayorka. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am doing well, uh, especially, especially well, given the performance of the U.S. men's national team at the World Cup. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I got to see um, half of that game before having to leave for the airport um, on Tuesday, but it was super exciting to see the U.S. score, and I can't wait to see uh, what they do this weekend. It was quite the nail-biter. Scenes around Missouri have been wild, which we'll, we'll get to later in the episode, but excited to see how they fare against the Netherlands this weekend. Are you ready to get into this week's headlines? Sure. Why don't you start us off? Let's do it. The U.S. House of Representatives approved a bill Wednesday in hopes of avoiding a potential rail strike. The lawmakers voted to impose a tentative contract deal on 12 different railroad unions and to mandate paid sick leave for rail workers. The vote comes after President Joe Biden urged the legislature to impose the contract to prevent a strike. The work stoppage could come as early as December 9th, and some estimates suggest it would cost the economy as much as $2 billion per day. An outbreak of avian flu has resulted in the deaths of at least 9,000 hens in Webster County in southwestern Missouri. This marks the 11th case of the virus in Missouri this year, which has impacted nearly 500,000 birds on Missouri farms. Over 50 million birds nationally have been killed due to outbreaks of the virus this year, according to the Food and Drug Administration. Holiday shopping is in full swing, and shoppers expect to spend less on gifts and more on other holiday items this year, according to the conference board. The group forecasts shoppers will spend about $613, which is a $35 increase in gift spending from last year. Shoppers are expecting to spend more money on items such as gift wrap, food, and decorations. And St. Louis Lambert International Airport continues to climb back towards pre-pandemic traffic levels. This Thanksgiving, the airport saw its largest number of departing passengers since 2019. Nearly 200,000 passengers passed through airport checkpoints during an 11-day period around the holiday, about 7% less than the year before the pandemic. Nationally, the Sunday after Thanksgiving marked the largest checkpoint volume since before the pandemic, according to the Transportation and Security Administration, with over 2.5 million passengers passing through checkpoints that day. And finally... The Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services has proposed new regulations for marijuana substitutes. The department is proposing to outlaw certain isomers, which includes common marijuana substitutes such as Delta-8 and CBD products. The proposal has alarmed some small businesses, as well as the Missouri Hemp Trade Association. The move comes after voters legalized recreational marijuana last month. For our first story, we'll hear from Brandy Archie, an entrepreneur in Kansas City who's been navigating the local ecosystem as she grows and launches two businesses. Very interesting. And what type of businesses has she launched? So Archie is in the home health space. She founded Accessible Living in 2017 to help provide people living at home with equipment that can be difficult to source. Now she's getting ready to expand the business outside of the Kansas City area with Ask Sammy, an app that provides the services virtually. So what has been her experience growing in Kansas City? Well, lately she's been pitching and raising funding in the city, including at recent local competition Pure Pitch Rally. Missouri Business Alert journalist Skylar Rossi talked to Archie more about her experience. Here's part of that conversation. Randy, thank you so much for joining me. So glad to be here. 
Um, so to start off here in the spirit of pitching, can you give us your elevator pitches for your businesses? Yeah, so I'll talk about Ask Sammy. It's a curated marketplace that helps people age in place. And so what we do is you anybody who has a little bit of knowledge about the problems the person is having can answer the questions and get directed to the um, the right equipment that's needed for their home, the right resources so they have the education they need, and then connect with the right senior services because it's a really challenging time usually when your um, abilities levels change. So we're putting it all in one place. Awesome. So taking us back to the beginning of your journey, what inspired you to start Accessible Living? What was the moment when you decided you wanted to launch a business? So I've worked all over the country and worked in a variety of settings. And every place I was at, I was trying to help make sure that people could be safe at home, whether it was acute care or we're actually at the home and home health. That's what our job is for occupational therapists. But sometimes the the reason you're having trouble is not going to get better. So if you have a progressive disease, what then can I do to help make sure you can be as independent as possible? And so for me, I think it comes down to equipment, adaptive equipment and home modifications. But because insurance doesn't pay for it, there is um, no direct pathway to get people what they need. Um, and so while I was making all these handouts and scoping out all the Walgreens and the Walmarts in the area to say, you can get this here and get this there, no sooner than I printed it out, it was obsolete. And somebody would take their time to go there, couldn't find the thing I recommended. And it just seems super inefficient. Um, and so that's why I started Accessible Living, where we do the same thing that Ask Sammy does, but we do it in person. So, Randy, I know you recently pitched at Pure Pitch Rally and walked away with some funding. Congrats, by the way. Um, what is your advice for getting opportunities like that to pitch in front of investors? Apply to everything. That's my MO. I apply to everything because you you can't get a yes if you didn't even throw your your name in the hat. And so every time I connect with the resource, I try to sign up for their email newsletter because everybody's trying to um, help to build a business in the, you know, not just in Kansas City, but all over the place. And people will often, you know, link grants that are available, pitch competitions that are coming up either locally or nationally. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. People can see it as a solution for them, but they also see what we're doing and know that we can help to add jobs to Kansas City. And, you know, people are motivated to do that on a deeper level than when you apply to national things. Um, how would you describe the funding landscape in Kansas City? What I have learned, and this is from angel investors and other um, people in the ecosystem's actual mouths, is that the funding landscape in the Midwest is a particularly more conservative than it might be on the East or West Coast, particularly the West Coast. Um, and so they want to see that you have a product and that you have some traction. Whether or not you made a million dollars or not is not as important. What's more important is that you're growing and that you can measure success by more downloads or more people um, are interested in your product. Um, and so grant funding has been really huge for us. Um, so non-dilutive things where I don't take on actual investment. And then another layer to this that I wanted to ask you, many women, people of color and other underrepresented entrepreneurs often face challenges in the pitch room and then also in general growing a business. What has been your experience growing a business as a woman of color? Um, I, I think it's twofold. One is it's never been a better time to start a business as a black woman because there's a lot of attention towards that. And there's a lot of programs that are being developed or are out to try to help us get going. 
But the reason that that is needed is because we're so historically underfunded and just have a lot less generational wealth. So me being able to do a friends and family round where I raise 50 or $100,000 from just people I know is really challenging to even start to think to do. Whereas um, there's a lot of other communities where that's a possibility. You got an uncle, you got your friend's dad, you know, somebody that you know that is a high net worth individual and is willing to take a risk on you. And so um, I'm glad that there's a lot more attention being placed there. And a lot, some of the grants that we have won have been particularly directed either to minority founders or to women founders. Um, so that, you know, narrows the pool a lot so that we can get that funding. Um, and then what are three pieces of advice you have for entrepreneurs getting started? Wherever you are, start now. Ask for help. So reach out to people, tell them what you're doing, and get plugged in, and then get a support system, whether that's mentors or family or other, like a mastermind with other business owners, whatever works for you. Get some support because you're going to need it. For our next story, Siggy, you dove into how small businesses are gearing up for the holiday season. Yeah, that's right. I talked to a couple of Missouri businesses about how they're preparing to support the demand of holiday shoppers and what issues they're running into. Okay, and what challenges are the businesses you talked to anticipating this holiday season? Well, there's definitely concerns about supplies. I talked to Cynthia Collins, who's the owner of Hartkey Nursery in St. Louis. The mom-and-pop retail garden center sells Christmas trees, poinsettia, and wreath roping this time of year. But Collins says the center is on pins and needles waiting to receive products from a difficult supplier at the moment. Here's what she said. There are even fewer Christmas tree growers available. So, you know, we're, we're going to be on the lookout for a new grower next year. And that's a challenge. Interesting. Seems like it's been an ongoing challenge. Yeah, and it's one a lot of small businesses are facing. Skylark Bookshop in Columbia is anticipating supply may be an issue as well. Oh, how so? Well, store manager Carrie Kepke says bookmaking supply shortages can hinder book supply, especially for books that are in demand. Not only that, but it is hard to predict what books will be in the highest demand for the holiday season, as books tend to unexpectedly go viral on social media, or a book will get other unexpected media coverage. Kepke says that she began ordering holiday inventory six months ago, and right now she's working on trying to predict what books will be in demand for the spring. Got it. But what about demand from consumers? Are there any issues there? Uh, There don't seem to be. In fact, Colin says that when it comes to commercial competition, there isn't much due to the fact that Hartke Nursery is well known for its quality compared to larger retailers. And at Skylark, Kepke says the Columbia community really understands the importance of local industries and that people are eager to come in and talk with their staff about books. Our customers come in, they want to talk to us, they want to get recommendations, um, and we're good at it. So (laughs) you can come in and say, I have this aunt, I don't know much about her, but this is what I know. And we can help figure out the perfect gift for that person. So what will holiday sales look like for these businesses this year? Well, I spoke to Brad Jones, the Missouri State Director for the Small Business Association, the National Federation of Independent Business. Overall, the National Retail Federation expects this year's holiday sales to increase by 6 to 8 percent nationally. But Jones says that it may be too early to predict what this season's sales will look like for small businesses. Okay, so... What can small businesses do to prepare? So Jones thinks that small businesses should focus on advertising their strengths to see more sales success. Here's his advice. You know, my advice to any small business is, you know, really, really accentuate the things that you do the best. And 
and and talk about it you know get it on facebook get it on uh instagram get it on those on those uh platforms that people are going to come out and they're going to want to find you uh and do business with you well it will surely be interesting to see how it all unfolds this holiday season it is now time for us to get into our words of the week teddy what's your word this week This week, Siggy, my word is watch parties. Okay, and what's going on with those? Well, there are plenty of watch parties happening across the state because of the World Cup. Kansas City's Power and Light District is specifically known for holding watch parties and has already attracted thousands of fans to the area to watch the big games. The television broadcast of the U.S. versus Wales game actually featured the district three times. Interesting. It seems like the World Cup is causing quite the increase in consumption. You are right. Not only are watch parties a big hit, but soccer equipment stores are seeing increases in sales as fans flock to buy jerseys. Well, it'll be exciting to see the turnout at watch parties on Saturday for the U.S. versus Netherlands match. It most definitely will. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Siggy? This week, my word is surplus cash. Got it. So what does that mean exactly? So the Missouri state budget currently has over $6 billion in surplus cash, which means Missouri's got a lot of extra money. You're telling me. That's quite the cash load. So why is that? Well, the state has seen over two years of double-digit revenue growth, along with federal COVID-19 relief payments, which have added up. Though general revenue could reach nearly $15 billion during this fiscal year, some are saying recent tax cuts and inflation-fighting policies may cause a revenue slowdown next year. That makes sense. So what's the state going to spend this extra money on? It's unclear right now, but Representative Peter Meredith of St. Louis, the ranking Democrat on the House Budget Committee, says state agencies in crisis due to staffing shortages should be prioritized. For a closing thought, here's Brandy Archie again on why to take the leap into entrepreneurship. If you have an idea for a business, then you need to do it because you are the only one that's probably qualified to do that or sees that problem and is willing to change it. Because if you've thought about it and you see a business plan available to you or a business model, try it. Just try it. Because if you need to go back to a regular job or you need to give that up, you can always do that. But you don't want to regret not um, putting a thing out into the world that could help make a difference for somebody. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. From my co-host, Teddy Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy. I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.